I'm Matthew Bosher and welcome to the show. Brendan Carhey and I are pleased to present this podcast and it seems appropriate to share a little bit more about our partnership. Brendan was the first to believe in a crazy idea that took us to the other side of the planet to record on a boat. Our previous adventures together included touring South Africa as one of few New Zealand bands ever to have done so. He's a great friend, a natural musician and a pop culture omnibus. Here we are talking about his reflections on our most recent project. I think before we started working together, I was generally aware of your musical footprint in Auckland. You've been mm-hmm. in so many bands, you've done so many different things with a huge array of genres and musicians. Everything from kind of, you know, proto New Zealand post metal through to alt folk. <laughs> Yeah, I think we called it country noir. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. Of course you yeah. did. <laughs> but it was it was a bunch of, uh, I guess, 90s influenced um, musicians playing country, I guess. So grunge grunge musicians turned country, which was, yeah, it's it pretty fun. And beautifully recorded because you're a really accomplished engineer as well. So I guess before we got into... Um, in this interview, much about kind of what we have done together. I was just curious to hear your reflections on kind of the moments leading up to that, what your music career has involved and meant to you over the last few years. Yeah, gosh, it seems so long ago now. <laughs> You've done um, a lot of miles, pal. <laughs> yeah. I guess at the time, I, I mean, I hadn't really been doing much music at the time, I guess apart from uh, the country stuff, which was kind of just on off for fun. And and I think, uh, you know, I was in the, the Zombies band with um, Johnny and Stevie, which was just a, a jam project that me and Johnny just started um, jamming in the, in the band room and then said, oh, you want to get Stevie on board and then it kind of turned into this thing where we did a music video and and all that but I remember um I think it was Jared or Johnny saying that uh Decortica wanted to borrow my bass gear <laughs> and I was like oh yeah okay yeah sure why not um and that they wanted uh, that you guys wanted to audition um I think Johnny or Jared as a bass player but then they ended up suggesting me um, and I was like, yeah, okay, cool. I can barely remember. I remember sending you some like WhatsApp videos of how to play some of the riffs. Um, That's right. Yeah. Um, I, I asked cause it, for, for me to learn, uh, you know, how to, if I'm learning songs, it's easier for me to watch someone else play it cause mm. I'll watch what you're doing and then I'll mm. just, you know, copy. So I'll just, mm. I, I remember I asked, yeah, WhatsApp, I asked you to send me a bunch of uh, videos of you playing all the riffs, I think just a couple of songs, and then you and I turned up in a room um, at the band room and, and uh, yeah, jammed out a few songs. Uh, I think I did okay. I, ca- I can't remember really gauging the situation if I was good or not. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, oh, yeah, just learned some songs. I didn't even know if I was playing them right. Oh, it was just sort of like, um, you know, uh, I think we jammed on the grid first, which was, mm. yeah, pretty sweet song to jam on um and i think i passed the test and then we got tori in and did a few more songs and i remember i think uh 
what song was it? We played a song. Anyway, at the end of it, I think, you know, hit the last note and then, you know, Tori hit the crash and then basically stood up and came over and gave me a hug and was like, that's the best I've ever heard that song played. <laughs> Which I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which was really nice. But, um, yeah, no, it was, it was great. I, and I felt like, felt like we all sort of gelled, you know, really good, straight off. Mm. Yeah, it was cool. I love that you told that um, story because I um, remember that post-recording and then needing to um, work with you on an upcoming tour um, through to the mm. moment where we had finished that tour and we are all in the van coming back from the airport and um, the thing that stands out to me about that whole sort of sequence was really loving working with you as a person and a musician and um, me turning to Tori in the van just saying, let's just ask this guy to be in the band. And we were kind of like whispering it. And Tori, yeah, 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 let's do it. And then we just turned around and was like, mate, just be in the van. And I think yeah. it was like classic Brenda delivery, like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, it was, yeah, that was like, you know, one of the best things as well about, uh, I guess, being in the band is that we're all like just, it was like you guys were like the funnest guys to like hang out with and like being on tour it was just awesome because it was just funny and like we just all got each other on the levels like i think i always remember tory um you know he he would he wasn't up on the simpsons jokes and you and i would mm. like be joking mm. about simpsons and he'd be like oh, i wish i knew what you guys were like referencing <laughs> But still, like, he, he still found it funny because he enjoyed, like, us just, like, laughing over, like, dumb quotes. But, yeah, no, it was good. It was, <laughs> um, yeah, good memories, all those being stuck in Tory's van. And it's funny, too, actually, like, um, that first show that we played together in Australia is, like, just up around the corner from my house. Yeah, right. Like, like literally a two-minute walk. <laughs> so, it's, yeah, it's good. There you go. Full circle. What I was excited to explore with you with Domes was um, writing. Mm. We had uh, two and a bunch of material that um, I had written with, with other people or, um, or, or solo and you had performed faithfully and, and enhanced and, and made your own. Um, but knowing how prolific you had been earlier in your career, I was um, curious about uh, what you would bring to the table and another sort of hard rock metal type act mm. uh, and you did not disappoint I mean the moments that um, I think are real uh, signature pieces for you are just some brilliant bass playing but equally um, really nuanced and tasteful um, multi-instrumental moments you're mm. the Hammond organ or um, you know, some some synth that you um, shared as a just tasteful addition to, mm. to a song at one point. And I feel like um, there is a lot of colour that you bring to, to everything. Somehow you just make it richer, whether it's a part that mm. you have participated in writing or you mm. are helping us kind of interpret through a lens that just makes it that much more interesting. Cool. Yeah, no, it was, it was interesting, um, I guess, because joining Dakotakura you know that was all that was all your um sort of realm and it was all you know I uh, joined the band 
when all three albums were written so it was sort of like you know it was just doing your thing but um yeah we never really got to that point of of writing in decortico and and then we had that massive lull period where when you know i moved to australia and you know everyone did life stuff you you guys mm. got married and, mm. and bought houses and stuff and and then um yeah i guess what was it like seven years later or something we were like mm. hey, we should some write some stuff and like literally like over that time i had done nothing musical it was i hadn't even picked up my bass that entire time so um when we made the decision to uh start writing i was a little um i, I was unsure if i was going to be able to do it to be honest it was, I was i was like shit i haven't written like heavy music as well like you know um for so long it was like oh my tastes and music had changed through that mm. time as well so mm. it's like oh this is going to be interesting coming into this to see see what comes up maybe i'm going to be writing riffs that were you know 10 years old you know of its time but um now it was really cool sort of um the way we approached it you know um with you coming in and with your riffs and then me adding mine and i feel like um over that time we kind of you know i, I guess we're feeling each other out because you know obviously i hadn't written with you before which was i felt a little intimidated to be honest after with with your backlog <laughs> <laughs> so um i was like oh okay we'll see how this goes hopefully i can can hold up um, this is the guy who's been in so many bands and produced so many albums and <laughs> yeah i don't know i, I mean i hadn't le i hadn't really released three albums though i guess i'd just done bits and pieces and played in lots of uh lots of different projects i guess so it's yeah, it's, it was different. Anyway, I was I was once we kind of felt that, you know, we worked it in. I, f I felt like w there was a moment where we kind of clicked, and um, when we started putting riffs in it, sort of, they all kind of felt on the same same page, I guess. Mm. And then when you know, like I'd hear one of your riffs, and then I think it was sort of, um, for example, um, you know, track O one two. Um, mm. you know I added you, you, you did that riff and then I came along and added like this big like riff on top and then it just sort of it worked really well you know like uh, and I thought I felt like that I think that was the first one where we kind of combined riffs and it was like oh yeah shit yeah that was good Heavy. Yeah, and I love how you presented that too. Um, you described it to us as I was at work listening to the track and mm. it concluded and I felt that it should just do this yeah, and you, you know, you know, made a voice memo to yourself. Having a riff. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and yeah. um, and you're so right too that um, that kind of typified your approach. I I feel to the rest of the project that it's all incredibly in instinctual. You know, you have a very high level of skill. You understand harmonically everything that is happening, um, but you you feel first, you know, and uh, express yourself and through these ideas which are just so on point and complementary. Um, sometimes they're the overt sort of piece. Um, other times, as, as I said, you know, it's um, textural mm. and it all makes the thing better. Um, and so I was curious about what you felt um, was your approach or what was um, distinctive about the record that we've done most recently together, 
how would you sum up your um, sort of mindset or what you felt you achieved through that? Yeah, going into it, I I felt like getting into my old age as I rock my arm backwards and forwards, um, you know, being in a (laughs) rock band, um, I really wanted to, I guess, make a statement about um, the sound and craft or crafting the sound of my bass. You know, I didn't want to just be a bass uh, drowned by guitars, which happens a lot in a lot of albums. So um, I wanted to make sure that when we were tracking that I'd play different bass guitars, use different effects, you know. Um, I think, you know, one of my famous quotes is that, you know, I want to, um, when someone listens to my bass, I want them to cause internal bleeding or something, you know, (laughs) something like that, you know. It was just like I wanted to, yeah, make a statement about, um, you know, my bass sound. I wanted someone to listen to it and be like, like, shit, yeah, that bass sound is awesome. Um, So, yeah, it was was a lot about uh, um, I wanted to craft that sound and sort of spend time on that and put a lot of thought into it as well as like it complementing the track. I didn't just want to be like, the song's about the bass, you know, I wanted to just, Mm. um, but, uh, you know, and for example, when you listen to uh, Melody, that's all, there's a lot of thought went into that, sort of crafting that bass sound, um, which I'm like, so happy about that I went and bought a $600 pedal to <laughs> so that I can replicate it you know like um that's kind of the like, cost of working with Dave Holmes he yeah. achieves some unique and incredible tone and yeah. you have to own it you have to yeah. own it every every album that I've done with him I've walked away with you know pedal debt <laughs> yeah yeah uh, and and like yeah he he was a big part of of making that a lot of those bass sounds, um, what they were, you know, like uh, I could I could hear it in my head, and I was able to I guess explain what I wanted, and he was able to help craft that, which was great, you know. When you've got someone on board who can, you know, are on that same wavelength, and you're just like, I want this to sound mean. They're like, bro, I'll just put this on, and you're like, mean, you know, it's <laughs> like it's good, it's good having that. So. Yeah, there's definitely a shorthand um, with Holmes because he is um, such a great friend and Mm. such an easy collaborator, but also shares a lot of common ground with you and I in terms of our musical education and the sorts Mm. of bands that mattered to us as we were learning our craft. You know, Mm. he's so incredibly well-versed and accomplished as a musician in his own right. In fact, it's actually too scary to think about how good he is when you are tracking because it's yeah. just embarrassing. Yeah. Um, but he um, he uses that to everyone's collective advantage and he never mm. makes anyone feel inferior. Um, and for the, the bass to be an, an equal partner to the guitar, I think was something that you and I had talked about quite early on mm. is really needing. Um, yeah. because you had the capability and and the um, the kind of the sonic instinct to to make it so, it's mm. really exciting to me that when you described melody that how devastating that tone is. Um, mm. I also think about how broad that palette was in bass tone through to something like time and relative dimension and space, where 
your runs through the verse are just exquisite. You know, playing that flat wound strung oh, um, P bass. Play. Felt like I was Paul McCartney or something. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that was um, yeah, that was fun um, writing that that bass line. Actually, um, I remember I was pretty drunk <laughs> in my room at my old house, which was just this tiny, real small room that just had a couch, had my PlayStation, had my desk, and I was just all cramped up in there. And I was sinking some drinks, and then I was just like, I need. I need this bass to like walk all over this riff, but not in like a, a cheesy kind of way. But, and I really liked the piano. I think that you put down for that track. Yeah. I think piano can be pretty cheesy sometimes, but the, if it's been played quite simply, it, it can be just quite, quite tasteful and, and, and sound good. And I wanted, I liked what you had put down. So I wanted the bass to sort of complement that. Um, as well as doing its own thing and also it was like well we're not going to have a piano player live so I'll create a bass line that will follow that piano line but also do its own thing so that it will st you know still feel like that piano is in there if we ever play that track live so that's why it's mm. kind of it'll line up with the piano but then walk off somewhere and then come back and tie in with the piano again and then do its own thing. So I had heaps of fun writing that, so that was cool. And that creative license extends to some other really neat moments. For me, where, um, you know, as a guitarist who knows just enough to be dangerous to send you, you know, a, um, a two-octave down a root note sort of <laughs> placeholder bass line, say, this is it sort of thing. Yeah. Um you know, I think with some real patience and good grace, you had uh, taken that and gone, oh, that's really interesting, Matt, and uh, deliberately chosen other harmonic notes that just brought the richness of uh, the piece to life um, compared to something that would have been uh, oversimplified and, and not for mm. um, a really valuable reason. Mm. Um, well, I guess... Um, what I find about interesting about your playing is um, use because you've got quite interesting and cool tuning. So all of your chords are like like beautiful, but also have like some dissonance about it as well, and all these different notes. So um, it's it's quite it gives I guess gives me a lot of um, I guess range to find other notes to play that work with your chords. So instead of it just being a straight chord, you know, you've just got your major scale or whatever, but you're doing all these like crazy cool chords. So it gives me all this fun experimental other notes to try and harmonize with your chords, which ends up being, you know, quite cool. Mm. I enjoy. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, it's, I think it's testament to your, to your playing that um, you are able to explore those in such an interesting way that still is really powerful and it, and it, just rocks. When I go back to um, our very first conversation about should we do a thing, is it part, is it an extension of the last thing we did or is it a completely fresh thing? Mm. I remember you were just adamant that whatever this is, it just needs to be loud. It needs to be loud music. <laughs> um, and that was a great call 
to action because um, it was independent of, of genre. It could have mm. been loud country noir, who, <laughs> <laughs> who yeah. knows? But I think there was a, an energy and an intent that was important to you that gave us um, at the outset a bit of a direction, even when we didn't know how we were going to play, write and, and sound together. And that revealed itself um, over you know, um, a longer arc as we were sending files back to one another um, with you know, additions and, and, and other sort of complementary ideas. But I remember we'd only kind of played together two or three times as humans in a room before we went into the studio. Um, and so there was still a lot of uh, finding ourselves mm. when we had gone to do the um, kind of the last version of it, if, if you like. Mm. Um, but it somehow just kind of clicked in a very instinctive way. And I think that is, again, you know, um, to your credit, that you kind of know the path mm. somehow. It was, it, was, it was amazing to, like those few times we did, get together in a room you know and that just how well it worked like even the first time we did it and we just got in a room and we had three days um and it was yeah like i think even dan said like man we sound like a band <laughs> you know and it was which, which was, was a cool. surprise right <laughs> yeah yeah which was a surprise you know and and for him as well because he hadn't played drums for oh, i don't know was well, it like ages years it, it was a surprise for us all i think how how well it kind of just gelled and worked and um yeah even and each time we came over and each each sort of time we jammed you know the songs felt better and tighter and even though that was three times like it yeah just when we got to london i felt like we were pretty pretty ready to go but it still at that point was um forming and changing into into something else as well which was great mm. i think i think dave holmes has a has a lot to do with that as well as we kind of approach almost um a year since we were on the boat with with mm. Holmes, i wondered what kind of sticks out to you are there any easter eggs or, or reflections that you've had in the time since then that you could share the whole thing was just like an amazing, like it's, it felt, felt like a dream, like, you know, like going back to us, you know, when we, when we first met up and talked, came up with this idea, I guess it was, you know, a, we were all in New Zealand, like Dave was there from London and I was there from Melbourne and we were drinking and just said, hey, why don't we just, you know, record an album and Dave's like, why don't you just record an album on my boat in London? And we were like okay you know um and cut to a year later we were on a boat in london recording like six songs which was like i never thought i would ever do that in my life like <laughs> you know the whole the whole experience of of being a in london b on a boat that has a recording studio in it uh, with you guys which is um you know man it's hard to pick out particular points because the whole the whole thing was amazing and you know if i had enough money i'd do it again in a heartbeat <laughs> like you know <laughs> so um 
yeah, it was, yeah, it was kind of unreal, to be honest. It was, um, yeah, super cool. And, you know, being, being stuck on a boat with, like, three other dudes is a real good test of friendship. And, yeah, I think, I think, I think we lost our minds a little bit, but in a good way. <laughs> Cabin all fever. jokes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was great, like, you know, um, and I think we all came out better friends as well. So, mm. you know. And so much of the experience was um, um, the city of London itself and um, paying homage to um, a lot of our musical heroes or, mm. you know, his historical events or other significant things that the city created a beautiful backdrop for us to enjoy our recording experience together um, and you yep. kind of took us on a bit of a tour of, of that you're incredibly well researched um, <laughs> and I don't know that I would have made the effort to do as many of those things on my own but I was just so grateful that you <laughs> um, recommended that we did I think we did yeah. uh, 42,000 steps in one day oh. And yeah. ticked off almost every um, kind of important um, um, location in the Beatles history. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, being a big Beatles fan, I had all these, um, yeah, all the locations in London that were like, we need to go here and see where they played on the rooftop and we need to go to, you know, Abbey Road Studios and all that sort of stuff. And we got some great footage of us actually going across the crossing, which is, mm. uh, which is great. Yeah.